theyeshiva.net. Good morning, everybody, and welcome. Ruchim Abayim to one and all. We're in the middle of the Mimer of the Yadaita, Tafresh Zion, we're at page Nun Aleph. So we explained last time that one of the expressions, the well-known expressions in Teres Hanister, in the world of Kabbalah and Chassidus, is the expression known as Mokam HaChalom, the empty space, or even a more accurate translation is the vacuum. Chalom means empty, like Velibi Chalom Bekirbi, in Tehillah, my heart is empty, hollow within me. <clears throat> I think even in modern Hebrew they call uh, outer space uh, the Chalal, right? Ches Lamed Lamed. There's a lot of space there. <laughs> and the, the, the background of this expression is the Arizal's formulation of the doctrine of Tzimtzum, that prior to the creation of the world, the Ein Soif, the light of the Ein Soif, the presence of infinity, it filled the entire expanse of what would later become the universe. And there was no space for any of the universes because it was all filled with infinity. In order for there to be a universe, there had to be what he calls a tzimtzum. Tzimtzum, tzadik mem, tzadik vav mem, tzimtzum, or in English, T-Z-I-M-T-Z-U-M, not a Chinese dish, tzimtzum, but lahavdil. Uh, and the concept of tzimtzum is a form of restriction or withdrawal, the first withdrawal symptoms in history. And the withdrawal that was necessary was a so-called withdrawal of infinity, creating a makam hachalo, creating an empty space, a space that was devoid, at least in its own perception, of the infinite presence. So that over there, a space can be formulated, can be developed a space for all of the for the world and for all of the universes. That is called the Makam HaChalo. That's the, appreciate the expression that he's going to be using now, the empty space. That's, so to speak, the space from where the Ein Saif withdrew, so to speak. It had to restrict itself. It had to limit itself creating a space where there could be a world, and many, many worlds, spiritual worlds, and ultimately our own physical universe governed by time and space, physical space. But really, any form of space goes into that form, that term of makam hachalo, the space of emptiness. Emptiness of what? Emptiness of the complete manifestation and presence of the Eir Ein Saif, which wouldn't allow so to speak, for anything outside of it, because if infinite, if infinity is manifested, so infinity excludes any other reality outside of infinity, unless it's part of infinity. In order for there to be a world that has some form of autonomy, some form of identity, some form of finiteness, some form of independence, again, depends which layer of consciousness, but even the highest world, certainly the lowest world, there had to first be the Makam HaChalu, creating the empty space. In a sense, can't can't, can't uh, yeah. the, the do finite, infinite, and 
infinite and infinite and like this is really in, in, in art in, in human terms just in, in human terms we're, we're describing or You're asking an interesting question, that the logic that infinity excludes finiteness is, is a logical idea. Mm-hmm. Couldn't God get around get around that logic and therefore not do the tzimtzum? Yes, uh, time also was a part of creation. Yeah. So According to this, yeah, time is also created, yeah. The time and space go usually together. Mokam and Zman. Mokam is space, Zman is time. So it's a creation of time and space as well. It's 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 a very good question you're asking. I'm not going to touch on it at length. I'm just going to touch on one point, and that is, generally speaking, the way Torah understands is that even though Hashem is beyond logic and can do anything, but generally the system of creation was one that in many instances adhered to the system of logic that God created. And there's a reason for that too. <laughs> So even though you're right, you can get around all of it because any, lo- in other words, logical terms themselves, logic itself is a creation. <laughs> so if logic itself is a creation, so why would you impose any logical principles on that which preceded the creation of logic, right? The question of, of why is a logical question, but it only exists in a world where things have to adhere to a why, in other words, it's a world of sense, it's a world of logic, which is in itself created. That's your question, and it's a, it's a wonderful question. Where, where did the Arizal get his... So uh, all I'm addressing now is, I'm not elaborating on it, I'm just addressing the one point that from a Torah perspective, and it also has to be explained, why would Torah assume this even? Generally speaking, the system of creation adheres to a system. <laughs> it adheres to a certain system. The reason for that will become clear a little later here. So that's why the Arizal says, according to the system, Ein Saif means infinity. In a space of infinity, in a space where infinity is manifest, there's no space for anything else. In fact, there's no even space for space. There's no space even for the very concept of space. Because if infinity fills everything, so then everything is infinite. So the Tzimtzum allowed there to be what's called space, space for something outside of infinity, at least in its own perception. That's this expression, what's the point here that we're making? That the doctrine of Tzimtzum is one of the most fundamental doctrines in the world of, of Jewish mysticism. That Arizal formulated in his sefer called Eitz Chaim, and in other of his svarim, but Eitz Chaim is considered his magnum opus, so to speak. And in the opening of Eitz Chaim, Tree of Life, he formulates right in the beginning, Shar Aleph, Perik Aleph, he introduces this doctrine of Tzimtzum, but it's one that pervades all of the svarim, all of the literature of Teres HaKabola, Teres HaNister, since the days of the Arizal. And it's a certain understanding of the world, how we understand the world, which is what, what we would call a post-Simpson reality, a reality that exists in a post-Simpson state. What was the whole conversation here? That essentially all of Simpson, the concept is rooted in Shema Lekim, versus Gilu is rooted in Shema Vaya. That's what we've been discussing. Or 
and Kli, which is similar. Er means the full expression, and Keli is the container, the limited expression. We spoke about the whole marshal with the teacher and the student at length. What was the conclusion? That the concealment is only on one side, only from the student's perspective, not from the teacher's perspective. And even from the student's perspective, the teacher is not trying to conceal, the teacher is trying to reveal. In order to reveal, you have to hold back. And he's putting into the metaphors and into the brevity, into the short messages, he's putting everything. So that after 40 years, the student can hopefully unravel the full depth and the splendor and majesty and grandeur of the message and get back to the original message that is undiluted, that is not concealed. So now we can understand a little bit how that applies to the nimshal. So now let's go back to the nimshal and see how it applies to the nimshal. So uh, uh, we'll start Nunala from the line that starts Kanal, like 10 or 15 lines from the top. The line starts Kanal, Chof Nun Lamed, period. This will be able to help us understand how it is by Hashem. When we speak of Eirin Saif, Eirin Saif means the light, the manifestation, the energy of the Infinite One. There is no real restriction or concealment of the full divine energy. Why? The Eirin Saif Nimtza, but Makam Hachalal, those are important words. When the Arizal said that there's a makam hachalol, there's an empty space, and over there only a little trickle, a trickle, trickle of divine energy could come in to sustain the universes, to create the universes, because if the full Ein Soif was there, there can't be a world. Just like the teacher who unleashes everything he knows on the poor student, there's nothing left. The guy shuts down, the kid, the boy, the young man shuts down. Because it's overwhelming, it's it's daunting. It's he doesn't have the kalim for it. He just has to shut down, <laughs> or he gets a migraine headache, or he runs out of class, or he puts on puts down his head in the classic uh, in the classic response. Here, it's not just the sheer is too deep, so I get a headache, or I don't know what I'm talking. I don't know what I'm talking about. I fail the test. Here, you're talking about the world can't emerge. <laughs> the, the the finite world can't emerge in the presence of Ein Saif. Which is why he explained that the teacher only has to give a little, little, has to filter and screen out most of the light and only allow a little trickle of it, a little flow, a restricted flow, to be able to be narrowed down and custom-made to the student. And even that has to be enclosed and manifested in garments and decorations and allegories and parables. Again, each student according to his or her capacity. So in the Nimsha, what would that mean? The nimshal would mean if the Ein Soif was fully present, as we said before, if the Oir was not diminished, it was not mitigated, it was not diluted, it was not restricted or concealed in any way, it's not Be'erich Tala Oilamis. It's not commensurate, it's not tailor-made to the world. Every world is based on two things, identity. There's an I, and number two, finiteness. Oir, Ein Soif, by its definition, is bilti balgvul, is definitionless. Did I just make up a word? Yes. Okay. It lacks definition. It has no definition. And it is infinite. And it is indivisible. And the finite and the infinite are not a match for each other. So on one hand, you need the expression of Shema Avaya to create a world like we explained. You can't activate. You can't do without an... There has to be some expression. On the other hand, the expression 
can't be fully because then it will not allow for the existence of that universe. The universe is based on some form of, 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 of identity, of some form of finiteness. And therefore what you needed is Shema Lekim to filter it. So what is the world getting? The world is receiving from Kibayachal, from Hashem, a very restricted, diluted energy that allows it to be it. Allows it to be it. And even that comes garbed in metaphors and parables so that the world should be able to contain it according to its capacity. But now that we explain that even in the marshal, the concealment is only on one side, not on the other side. The teacher sees in the brevity the whole depth. And in the marshal, the nimshal. Here too it means that the ein saif, the er ein saif, that's what he says, ein shum tzimtzim behester klal. Legabi the er, there's no tzimtzim, the er ein saif, nimtzim makam achalol, la'achirat tzimtzim, ukmai kaidem at tzimtzim. The er ein saif is present in the empty space, post tzimtzim, just like before tzimtzim without a difference. Kamay shakasov, and this is the meaning of the pasuk. As hashamayim v'sa'aretz ani male, I fill heaven and earth. Uksiv the Navi says, Will a man hide and I will not see him? It doesn't only mean that you can't hide, in other words, that God can see you from on top. It means, It means that even after all of this series of concealments, the air of Ein Saif is present everywhere, in every space, in the expression of the Zoyar, no space is devoid of him at all. When we say devoid of him, we don't only mean devoid of his providence, or devoid of an energy. We mean devoid of him, the full Ein Saif, just like pre is not compromised. The full Ein Saif is there in the Makamachalal, in that very space where the world exists on its terms. Just like for the teacher, those very messages that the teacher may, that the student may receive because they're restricted, for him the full intensity is there. It's just concealed in a way that the student can absorb it on his level. But that concealment, as we said, is only from one side. From the teacher, there was never a concealment because he started from inside out. He sees in the brevity, the full depth. In the marshal, he sees the full nimshal. So he's taking a side now in this four-sided argument. He's taking the extreme position, right? I mean, is that much So this is very much connected with the position that tzimtzum is shaloi kipshutai. What do we mean shaloi kipshutai? That even though we say that, Rizal says that the oir, had to go through a tzimtzum, it withdrew in order to create a finite space and only a finite light could go into the world. So you can't compare pre-tzimtzum reality to post-tzimtzum reality. Post-tzimtzum reality is based on a finite light. Pre-tzimtzum reality is infinite light. Says this Maimer, the Rebbe explains in this Maimer, that's only from the perspective of the recipient but from the perspective of the mashpia, like from the perspective of the teacher, there's no symptom at all. The same Ein Soif that was fully present, pre-symptom is fully present, post-symptom, what he calls in the Makam HaChalol, in the empty space, where the Ein Soif is not present. Just like from the teacher's perspective, back to the mashal, the mashal doesn't restrict anything, because he sees in the mashal, the entire nimshal, the mashal is not concealing the nimshal, it's all fully there. Why does he have to do it then? Because he's dealing with a student. He wants the student should absorb it. 
But it's not like the teacher really gets blocked out and is like, oh, he forgot everything just because he's explaining the Mishnah or the Gemara in a simple way. So all the depth is gone. The full depth is, is, is there. And as we will see, it's even present in the communication. It just allows for the screening that the student should be able to absorb it according to his capacity. What is the Kibshinto response to that? What would be the argument the other way around? Uh-huh. The other, the other view says that Gvul is Gvul. <laughs> that, that, that in this world there's a kav, there's a line, there's a trickle. And I mean, when we say finite, it doesn't mean it's not so finite. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty awesome. I just want to say, when it says finite, it's not that finite. It does, it accomplishes quite uh, a magnificent feat, to put it mildly. But it means, in other words, that the symptom did affect something in the air. That the air is is went through. It went through a, a, a transition, a transformation. Where symptom shalaykipshute in terms of air is. That no, that the post symptom and pre symptom reality is exactly the same. As I mentioned, there's another question of symptom, and that is if the symptom was in the oir or in the moir, in the Hashem. So that's not the discussion now. That's just a whole other discussion if there was a symptom in the moir, so to speak, in God Himself. Here he keeps on referring to the word oir, which will be clear also. The word oir would be like the message of the teacher, it's like the energy of the teacher, the ideas of the teacher. The oir is present fully. In other words, in Eir also, the symptom is not Kipshutai. I mean, it's still, there's still going to be work ahead in the sense that of course. even the teacher and the student, <laughs> it was the concept of crime, uh, the Talmud. Of course, the that's, what, that's why we say there was a symptom. The Maim is not saying there was no symptom. No, the symptom has to accomplish something. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a futile futile endeavor. It's a difficult cult to climb the rabbi. We don't know. I mean, of course, the symptom has its effects. It has major effects. The point is, however, just like just like the teacher's symptom has a major impact. and this is also the meaning of the Pasuk in Tehillim, in Kuflam Etasim, Esak, it's a very, very famous and beautiful words of David HaMelech, Im Esak Shamayim Shamata, Va'atziyah Sha'oil Hineka. If I go up to heaven, I climb up to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the abyss, who do I find? Hineka, you're also there. David HaMelech says. So in Esak, Esak means ascend, right? If I ascend to heaven, I reach the highest places, you're there. Vatsiya Sha'il, Atsiya comes with like Mita Mutsas, a stretched out mattress or bed. Vatsiya, the person descends and, so to speak, ends up laying in the Sha'oil. Sha'oil is the abyss. He neka you there. And he continues, If I have wings and I end up at the other side of the sea, you're also there. Gam shom, over there you'll also hold me. Even in the greatest darkness, the darkness will not be a partition that will block you. What, are, what is the theme that David HaMelech is conveying here in Tillam? The gam b'sha'oil v'eretz tziyavitz al-mavaz. That even in the abyss, even in the earth, even in tziyavitz al-mavaz, tziyah is a place that's barren, it's parched. 
Like we say, right? A land that is that is parched, that is thirsty, there's no water. So a place of tzia, it's parched, there's nothing there. But Salmavis, Salmavis is like Salmavis is the shadow of death. Tsail Mavis, a place where there's the shadow of death, meaning even in a place of the abyss, what appears to be the ultimate place of concealment, a person should know, that the symptom is only from one perception. But the truth is that the full presence of the infinity is there, right there with him. There's never, ever a point of real detachment. Never. And that's why David HaMelech says, It's the exact opposite. Because You say there was a tzimtzum, but The difference is the perception of how I perceive the reality. But the truth is that right here, right now, I can access because it's present. There's the full, how much I can access, okay, that's already... Again, a, a person has to be, this is an avoider, but the ain't serve, the full ain't serve is present. The entire concealment to Iraq, the difference is, those who were created, that in the post symptom reality, what we call Sha'oil, what we call the Cholo, they don't perceive. The gili of ain't soif baruchu. Avol chuli. Avol legabi eir ain't soif baruchu. Ain't shum helam v'asterklam. But legabi the eir, there's absolutely no concealment. The tzimtzum did not change anything. Absolutely not. Just like it was before the tzimtzum. That's where his words that eir ain't soif nimtzum b'makom achalol achra tzimtzum makaydem tzimtzum. So when the Arizal and all the sifrei kabbalah discuss the tzimtzum, he says it's mamish like by the rav. What it, what the tzimtzum means it. Looks like a symptom. It's perceived as a symptom. That's the expression symptom ain't a But the truth is, it goes one step further. But the truth is, based on all of this, again, the marshal and the nimshal here fully match. Just like in the marshal, first he said that for the teacher it's not a concealment. Because he knows. In the mushal, the nimshal. Remember, he's coming from inside out, not from outside in. And then he added and he said, and even for the student, it's not a Hester. Why? Because the whole point of the Hester is to give, not to hold back. And even in what you gave, you gave everything, but it's a process till he discovers it. Now he goes in the mushal, nimshal as well. That Legabe de Nivrayim, it's also not a real Hester. Now he doesn't say it's not a Hester. Here he says, Ain't a Hester Amiti. <laughs> Of course it's a hester. If it wouldn't be a hester, you wouldn't need a tzimtzum. So what are you making? Well, it's not a joke, the tzimtzum. But the point is, ain't a hester amiti. Amiti means it's not an ultimate hester. It's not a real, true hester. And in parentheses, this is not a separate nekuda. It depends on the first nekuda. Why? If it was a hester for the mashpia, if it was a concealment for the mentor... It would have been a concealment for the receiver. But because we established that for him it's not a Hester. Why? Because he sees in the external 
the internal, and in the outer, the inner, and in the trickle and the filter, the full depth, and in the finite, he sees the infinite. So therefore, it means that even for the recipient, it's not a hester. The difference is how to access it. For him, it's or yasha, meaning he sees it directly. He doesn't see a difference between the two worlds. He sees the finite, he sees the infinite and the finite because the finite emerged from the infinite. In other words, for him, the finite is simply a hechitimtza of, tr- of, of bringing down the infinite to a lower place. So there's no tension between the two. And for the makabal, there is a tension. For the makabal, first, all you get is tzimtzum, helem, gvul. And now you have to go what's called Eichhoiser. You have to go back up and unravel how the finite is really a manifestation of infinity. So it's just you get there in two opposite directions. It's like, you know, the two people digging the tunnel and then they meet. They get there from two opposite directions. So from one side, he doesn't have to dig because what looks like earth is not really earth. He goes straight through it. But ultimately, the two meet in the same place. Because if it was a Hester Legabe the Mashpia, it would have been a Hester Legabe the Makabal, since it's not a Hester Legabe the Mashpia. So ultimately it means that for the Makabal, it's not a real Hester either. By definition, it's not possible for it to work. Right, right. If you can see from outside in, then by definition, there's a there's communication. Exactly. There's a communication, yeah. Not only is it not a Hester, it's the other way around. Maybe you Megala the symptom itself really is not symptom; it's gilui. Again, back to the teacher. Why is he giving all the mashalim? Because he wants to hold back? Why is he dressing up his ideas in such simple terms? And why is he giving so little? Because he's stingy? Because he's not interested? Because he doesn't want to forget. He doesn't want him to have his information. He wants to have the distance. So he should have, he should have the ingredient of Coca-Cola that nobody else has. The exact opposite. He's holding back because he wants to give everything. But if you give everything, you give nothing. Because you're not left with a student. You may be left with a parrot who's going to repeat words. But you're not left with a student. If you want to mentor somebody, mentorship means creating an independent person. Not a person who's just repeating. That's not a student. There's, there, there are, in other words, there's a type of student who just repeats, but it's not internalized. And the difference is that student will never be able to make new students because he remains a makabal. A real student is somebody who becomes like a mashpia. In other words, to, be, to create a student means to create somebody like you in the fact that he can also create somebody like you created, which is what people often misunderstand. In other words, a, a real student means that he also assumes the qua- characteristic that he's not a student anymore. He becomes himself a teacher. Because you gave him not just information, you gave him also methodology, you gave him everything. But in order to give everything, you have to create a real independent person. For that, you have to recognize who the person is. This is a very, very important principle. So in order to give everything, you have to hold back. Because if not, you're just expressing yourself. You're not creating somebody else. Now again, in the teacher and the student, it's not about creating the person. It's about creating the student. Here, the information is what is creating the type of person. So therefore, Adirabin, he's trying to bring down the light. So here also in the nimshal, what's the tzimtzum? The tzimtzum is not tzimtzum. The tzimtzum is gilui. Hashem wants to bring down the Ein Soif into a lower space that can't accept the Ein Soif initially. So it's not a Hester, it's really a gilui. 
The concealment is a way of channeling and revealing the energy, not holding back the energy. And the explanation in this is, Because from Shem Avaya itself, there could not be the emergence of all the worlds. Because Shem Havaya, the name Yudke Vavke represents the infinite expression of God. The infinite expression of God could not allow the emergence of all the worlds which by definition have some finite entity to them. And therefore, the I cannot exist, the I of the world cannot exist, unless you don't want any other existence, unless you want everything to melt away in infinity, and everything should be infinite and just be an expression of infinity. But if you want a world, or in our marshal you want a student, you don't just want it to be about you. You want a student, you want somebody outside, you have to recognize the parameters of that world. So he says, It's through Shema Likim that the Oyer of Havaya could come out and can be revealed in the world, to make them into exist, to bring them into existence, and then to give them Chiyos. Two points. means to make them exist, but it's not only existence, it's also the continuous life and chiyus and vitality of the worlds. Because the creation itself must come from Shema Havaya, because if you only have Shema Lakim, what you have is holding back, and from holding back you can't create. Creating is about expressing. Creation comes from Havaya. But the Pasuk Taka says, the in other words, the term that's used in Maisa Bereshis is always Shem Elikim throughout Parshas Bereshis. Vayomer Elikim Yehi Yehi right? Vayomer Elikim Yehtache Aretz Desha. Vayomer Elikim Yehi Rakiv. Vayomer Elikim Yehi Meiris. There's a reason why Elikim, because as we're explaining, the process of creation has to happen through Shem Elikim. Huh? That was all post-Shvizim. Yeah. But but nonetheless, the Bri itself is Havaya, even though it says Bereshus Baralakim, Hainushinis Havaya De Shemalakim. It goes through the medium, so to speak, of Shemalakim. In other words, the Ayr goes through a Tsimtsum. Aval Guva Etzem Ayasavos. But the Etzem Isavos is Meshem Havaya Dafka. Vizao the Havaya Huloshin Mahava. The word Havaya, Yud K Vav K, is, right? Yahava. Which means brings into being, haya hoive v'yia was is, mahava is he's mahava he creates the very being the isness the existence of the world, the kanal the chol pulu bezgalus every activity every pulu that you do even the smallest one comes from expressing the koyach the power the force that activates it by holding back by restraint I can't get the football to fly. I can't, I can't get the table to move. Any form of activity that I want to happen, there has to be some form of, of gilui, On the other hand here, if there was the gilui of avaya, then you can't have a world. So you have to have the gilui filtered and screened and mitigated through the shame of So is the, is the expression of free will uh, an example of a, a clean or the shame of Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The reason there could be free will 
You're asking how is there free will? The reason there could be free will in our world is because the tzimtzum had a major impact. In a place where infinity is fully manifested, first of all, you wouldn't have your own will, and second of all, the concept of freedom, which means autonomy and independence, wouldn't exist. So, Right. Yeah. It's something, the fact that the, the, the world creates and recreates the grass and pavers, it's no longer time for manifestation of infinity, even in Japanese. In a chaname. 100%. Of course, even, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So he says, Kol pulu bizgalas apoyal davka, v'ayinu shema v'ayi shubchines gilui. Because creation comes from shema v'ayi, shema v'ayi is gilui. What do we mean gilui? Gilui means it's expression. It's not holding back, it's expression. V'zau shakasov, this is what the Pasuk says in Tehillim. We say it in the morning in Pesukah Zimra. Hashem Melech, Hashem Molech, Hashem Yimlech. So we say Hashem, the way it's spelled out is, right? Havaya, which is Yudke Vavke. Havaya Molech, Havaya Melech, Havaya Molech, Havaya Yimlech. What's the difference? Melech is, he is king. Molech is, he was king. Yimlech is, he will be king. He will reign. The Bebchin is Melech, present. Molech, past. Yimlech, future. Immediately, we already have a division of time. All divisions come from Elikim, including past, present, and future. Because time is a product of some form of tzimtzum. Time means there is division. There's past, present, as abstract and as intangible time is, and it's pretty abstract and intangible. Nonetheless, there's something called Space and time, which work together. Just like we understand space, there's the east and the west. And what's in the east is not in the west, what's in the north is not in the south. It's four different directions, and there's up and there's down, and so forth. Time, similarly, in a more abstract way, is also a division. It's a differentiation of past, present, and future. All this means that the energy came through shame Elohim. Nonetheless, we say, Even the Melech, Molech, Yimloch, which is like Bereish's Bore Elikim, it's Elikim. Even there we say Yud Kevavke, which is why at the end of Maisa Bereish's, the Possek says, Ela told us Hashemayim Varez, Biyoimi Boram, Biyoim Asois, Hashem Elikim Eretz Vashemayim. Suddenly you, you remember Shem Avaya? For more than 30 verses, there's no Shem Avai, only Shem Elikim. Out of the Elikim, 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 Elikim. That's not any Hashem Loshanisi. Yeah. But suddenly at the end, because really it's all Yudke Vavke. It's Yudke Vavke, the way it's experienced through Shem Elikim, which is Midas HaTzimtzum, in order for there to be Mokim, space, and Zman, time, and all the properties that exist in all of the universes, the highest until the lowest. What does this mean? The Shema Lekim represents that Shema Vaya comes into each world, shining, giving light to each world, and every not only each world, every Nivra, every Nivra in each world, to bring it into existence and to give it life. This is the life force. Every Nivra feels that it's alive. You feel that there's some life in you. It's not something we uh, 
focus on much because we take it for granted, even though it's the context of everything. There's nothing without it. But how often do you stop and just focus on the fact that you're alive? Not how you're alive, not if you like your life, not if you hate your life, not how many things you have to do, not how stressed you are, not where you want to be, where you should have been, where you might be tomorrow. But just the fact, what he says, the fact that I'm alive. That experience, that experience of life, what is that experience? That every night, it's not, it's not just talking about people. A tree also is aware, some, some hergish that it's alive. An animal, an insect, every mammal, every fish, every bird. Exactly how the hergish is, it's different. What does it mean? Is it a self-consciousness? Is it instinctive? Does it just act as though it feels it's alive? But there's some hergish, there's some experience of life. Again, in each creature it's completely different than any other creature. But this experience that it's a life, what is it? What is this life? Is This is all divine. This is all Havaya Yudke Vavke, the divine, full divine infinity, filtered, processed through Shema Lekim, so that I could be I and experience this life, and fill this life. You know, sometimes you'll say a person feels alive. What does it mean you feel alive? Are you more alive when you feel alive than when you know? Say, I don't feel alive. Sometimes you feel this life force. What it means you, when a person says, I feel alive. You know, sometimes you just, let's say some really good stuff happened to you in your life. And you come, you say, you come, I came to life, or he came to life. It's an expression. But it's also describing an authentic experience person was dealing with some heartache for a long time, and then suddenly they get the good news that everything has been transformed. Exactly. For 22 years, Yaakov was living in a state of, of, of if we could say this, diminished consciousness. Mourning and, 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 and sadness and melancholy. And suddenly the blockages, a lot of the blockages were removed, and the flow of energy that's always there is now flowing without obstructions, without narrow pathways. It's not getting stuck every few minutes. Where very often a person's source of life is just always getting stuck. There's no, there's no seamless flow. Naturally, when there's no blockages, there's a flow. Havaya through Shema Lekim is just a flow. And we are the conduits through which the Chiyus flows. It just flows all the time, 24 hours a day. But what happens is, various thoughts and experiences, it blocks it. It blocks it, so that takes over the life force. And like it gets stuck, you know? It's like it gets stuck, like you're running and you trip. Here's a ditch and here's another ditch and here's another ditch. And each time you fall and then you have to get out. So the life is there. The life is always flowing. But in my experience, it's going through the ditches and I keep on, I keep on getting stuck. That's what he says, Vatsiyashoil, even when you go down, he neka. So that experience of Chiyus is that there's always the flow of Havaya, through Shema Lekim, and that's the Chiyus that is adaptable to every Nivra, and it's adaptable, it's adopted, it literally, because it has to adopt the qualities and characteristics of the creation it wants to create. It does not overwhelm it, and that's why it sits within the Nivra's consciousness. How can it sit within your consciousness? Because it was screened through Shema Lekim. And just like by the Mashpiyo Mekabal, by the Mashal. 
the seichel that comes into the student. Even though it went through the tremendous tzimtzum and helam, the restrictions and the concealments of the core of the light of the mashpiyah, and it even went through cloaks of metaphors, nonetheless, nonetheless, after everything, but what comes into the student? The ideas of the teacher, Itaka went through transitions and restrictions and filters and screening, but ultimately he gets through the message, Every chiyos, in other words, even the smallest ant, has some form of chiyos, it's havaya, through Shem Alakim. It's receiving Shem Havaya. He's not holding back. He's giving. He's just giving it in a way that the ant's brain should be able to receive it and remain an ant and not become an angel. <laughs> the mosquito should be able to be a mosquito and not become a Ganeid alien. The bee should be able to be, to be, to be a bee and be. As in B. B, E, E, as in B. It should be able to be. It should be able to be a B. And the same is true every single nivra. When I feel I'm alive, I feel that I'm alive. It's a life that belongs to me. Which is why you think it's never going to, it's it's forever. We don't feel it came from somewhere, it's going to go somewhere, it's going to diminish. When that in the kud of life is not dependent on any circumstances. The circumstances don't allow us maybe to experience the flow of it. But when you tune into it, that feeling of life is always present. And it's a, it's, it's a, this is the source of, of, um, of attentiveness to that, that, to that flow of life which is beyond obstructions. And it's in each nivra according to who it is. That's why it's my feeling that I'm alive. Is that the parallel to Kamina Shadate Dura? Not yet. No, no, no. No, no. This is not the parallel to Kamina Shadate This is the student receiving the energy through the filter and feeling of this energy. And feeling, the, getting the idea of the teacher. Through the symptom, yeah. Right, no, no, not yet, not yet. There is also concealment here. We all know there's a major concealment, and that is the nivra does not feel it's divine. We know we're alive, but we don't feel that it's divine energy. We could be told it's divine energy, that's what he's doing here, but we don't feel it's a lakus. A person instinctively, intuitively does not feel that the, the divine is defining, is defining their entire entity and identity. There's a Hester. In fact, a person could be fully alive and appreciate it, and yet claim that they're atheistic. They don't even believe that there is a source. They call it, there's electrical currents in the body. The body is filled with elu- electrical currents, and that's the source of consciousness. The consciousness, the life, is basically, it's 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 a chemical, it's just a chemical experience. Don't make it so complicated. I mean, make it complicated, but keep it in the realm of chemical complications, <laughs> chemical complexities. <laughs> but he says, but even this, it's not an ultimate true concealment. <laughs> really, it's all divine energy. And a person can even experience it this way if he really puts his mind to it. So what's the conclusion? 
The Hester of Alekim is not true, ultimately. It's what brings the light into a lower realm. That even in finite creatures which cannot experience the full intensity of Shem Avaya because they're finite, even they should receive Avaya. So the point of Alekim is not to block, it's to give. It's to bring Avaya into the lower world. But now we go to the next step. Everything is being built here. Step one is that the concealment is not a real concealment because it's the way of giving. You can't give without holding back. But just like in the marshal we said, you're not only giving, you're giving everything because ultimately the student could reach the full depth now is After 40 years, you're going to reach your Rebbe's mind. So now we go to the next step in the Nimshal too. That really inherent even in post-symptom is the capacity for every single creature to receive, to experience. The full air, the core of it inside, shayari begili in the most revealed way. So just like by the student, after learning 40 years, he gets back to the original information. So through the work of every creature, every person. Biagia with toil. Biagias nefesh or biagias basa. The toil exists, includes both mental toil, soulful toil, and also physical toil. To remove the concealments. He can unravel the mushal and it leads him to the nimshal, meaning within the, within the identity of the person, he could discover the ultimate core of the infinite earth of Havaya which is beyond the chitzonius, beyond the external ray of Havaya, which came through Elikim, that allowed there to be a world, and is therefore extremely limited, but rather go back from the chitzonius into the pnimius, not just the Shem Havaya that could be a source for the worlds, like the marshal that the teacher gave for the student, but gather get back to the nimshal itself. That's the next step, that not only is the tzimtzum not a tzimtzum for the teacher, it's also not a tzimtzum for the student, because you want to give him. And even then, not, and not only are you giving him a little part, which is also not a symptom, because you want to give, but ultimately you're giving everything. So even though it starts off as a symptom, because that's the full, that's the only way you could fulfill its objective, there is the capacity within the symptom to be able to go back to the place pre-symptom, because it's like the marshal for the nimshal, where this teacher put into the marshal the full nimshal. You just have to be able to reveal it, and that's the avoida, to be able to go back from the outer back into the inner, so that Elikim ultimately doesn't conceal Havaya, but it becomes a seamless channel for Shem Havaya without symptoms. Then there's no... It's, it's not close Hanefesh, because we're talking about Erchoyzer. In other words, when you see it through the Moshul, it's not close Hanefesh anymore. Klois nefesh means when there's a sudden overwhelming shock higher than your kalim. Here, you're going through the kalim. You're 
That's 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 the effect of the tzimtzum. It's a different process because you're going through the kalim. You're going through the mushal. You're seeing in the mushal the nimshal, so it's not close on nefesh anymore. What does it mean by gears nefesh and gears basar? Yegiyas nefesh and yegiyas basar. Okay, believe that will be masber. Continue tomorrow, Be'ezer Hashem. Just like Hanar we have the potential to go back and trace back. Yeah. But he described the previous stage, not that we'll be able to trace back. Yeah, no, that was the first. see the connection. Yeah. That we'll see that. No, no. Yeah, no, because because even in the first level, there's a difference. A student knows that the teacher is giving him the information. He's not a, he's not atheistic. He's just giving him a little bit. We we don't even know it's coming from Hashem. So there's like a complete detachment. So when he says Adam no saying that's also that would be still in the first level. The yeah. Uh-huh. To know it's coming from the, the, the life that I'm experiencing is divine. That's the first thing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's not stam. I'm not just a mechanical machine. Yeah. We're not. It's not a diet to the rabbi. Yeah. Exactly. Like like a student getting hearing a shear. He attributes it to the teacher, but it's still mitzumtzum. Yes. Yeah. There's a teacher. Yeah. Right. The second stage of Adaita the Rabbi, he starts off with after the period Vihine Kamashim is That's why it's Vihine, it's a new, a new, a new stage. It allows for Teva also. We are aware of Yes. Yeah. 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 is 86, which is our Teva. What makes it nature? What makes it nature is that there's a Tzimtzum. What makes it nature is that there's a Tzimtzum. That's what makes. That's what we call nature. Yeah, yeah. 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 In one word, in one sentence, actually three words, it's that the tzimtzum is enekibshutai. That the big grand tzimtzum that we talk about in the sacred books has to be understood. not as the ultimate source of concealment and blockage and obstruction, but rather, even though that is the perception, it's not kipshuta, it's not literal. Even though it obscures the light, simultaneously it also reveals it, in a way that each world and each creature can absorb it, and furthermore, contains within it the potentiality for the person to unravel 
the nimshal within the marshal, the the depth, the full infinity within the finite, and reach the state of reality which we would call the pre tzimtzum reality, the one before concealment. Now this is a big chiddush. And it's very novel in the understanding of tzimtzum. Because what's the foundation, what's the principle upon which the idea of tzimtzum, tzadik mem, tzadik vav mem, or tzim, tzum, is predicated on? What's the principle it's based on? It's based on the paradox between infinity and finiteness, which is not a paradox one can easily bridge. As Darizal, who formulated the idea of Tzimtzum, explains in his works, in Chaim and other works, Eitzchus Chaim, other works of his, that what would be if there was no Tzimtzum? What would the universe look like if there was no concept of symptom, of restriction, of obscuring, of withdrawal, of concealment, of helm, of, of blockages, if the symptom wouldn't exist. Symptom is obviously a concept, not a physical concept or a spatial con- a spa- a concept in space. It's a, it's a transcendent, it's a spiritual concept. But what is it? It represents something. So Dairizal explains that the very mitzias, the very entity of any world would never be able to emerge the way we know it, and even the way we don't know it. Because, let's call it in a pre-Tzimtzum reality, say you lived, say you got a preview of a pre-Tzimtzum reality, what would life look like? Yeah. Uh-huh. Not angels either. Not angels and not souls. You would cease to be. Why? Because being, the problem is not how you are, a physical, spiritual, very spiritual, very physical, this type, that type. The problem is existence. <laughs> the challenge that pre-symptom reality poses is not to a particular type of identity, it's to identity. The very notion of identity, the very notion of world, the very notion of existence already compromises the symptom. Why? Existence, any existence, it could be the holiest, most spiritual existence that screams all day, Kadosh, 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 and Einoid Movadai. Well, you have a better, holier existence. It screams all day, holy, holy, there's nothing outside of him. Lepoil, here in this world, we scream something else. We scream all day, Enoid Mulvadi. There's nothing outside of me. Aniva Avsiyot. But even the highest type of creature, as you say, an angel, or even higher than that, it still compromises the pre symptom reality. Because the very notion of existence, of someone perceiving the divine, th- that there is somebody outside perceiving the divine, 
couldn't be, couldn't exist. There was no space for it in the pre-Tzimtzum reality. Why? Because in the pre-Tzimtzum reality means in real reality, if there was no Tzimtzum, what would be the experience? There would be no experience. There would be one thing, one thing only. The The only definition of being would be divine infinity. And true infinity doesn't give room to anything else. Because infinity means it encompasses everything. So if there's any space, or any time, or any concept of existence, spiritually or physically, that very, that very space of self is filled with infinity. Now when we say filled again, we get stuck. We get stuck with language. When we say filled, you could say there's a draw, and the draw is filled with tzatzkas. The draw is filled with shmatas. There's a table... And on top of the table, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of books. There are chairs in this room, and the chairs are filled with something. So you can have a chair, you can have something on top of the chair. When you say in Ruchni is filled, yeah, it's not like the drawer is filled with something. It means this is the only reality. So if this is the only reality, the way life would be experienced without symptom would be that everything and everybody is not everything and everybody. It's all one with oneness. And the oneness has absolutely no limitations, meaning there's no space that is devoid of it. There's no time that is devoid of it. There's no concept that's devoid of it. Even the concept of self as a concept couldn't exist in the pre some reality. That very concept, we 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 getting that concept from. We're very comfortable with that concept. Our challenge is the other way around. Right, our challenge is the other way around. Not if I exist. But in the pre-Tzimtzum reality, the very concept of an I outside of the divine would not, I wouldn't be able to talk. You would all look at me. Even now you're looking at me as if I've been halbman sugar. Imagine my self-confidence. Pre-Tzimtzum reality. <laughs> but then again, I wouldn't be talking. Of course. The very mind is already post <laughs> The mind is formulated. The mechanism of the mind, even again on the highest, highest, the highest mind is formulated post Not only formulated, not only, the, not only the software, also the hardware, and even the chip, the most quintessential, the most quintessential qualities of it. The issue is not how spiritual, how physical, how faithful, how holy, how sacred, how sensitive, how sublime. That's all Madregis posts. It's That's a good question. He wants to know how God exists pre Even the concept of existing, you're right. The Rambam has an expression. And it's brought a lot in Sifri Chsidus, the Balatanya especially, and others for him. The Ramam has an expression that Mitzias, Bilti Mitzias Nimtza. The Rambam has an expression, Marin Nevochim. Hashem is Matsui Veloibe Mitzias. I don't know how to translate, but the best translation is a non existential state of existence. He exists, but not in the term existence that we call it. Bilti Metzius. You can't say he's not a Metzius. <laughs> but Bilti Metzius Nimtz is not the type of existence 
that we're familiar with. Why? Because the very notion of existence is a post-Simpson Chiddush. Because what does existence mean? Existence, you say, something exists. It has its parameters. When we even say God exists, you say, okay, he's bigger, he's stronger, my tati is bigger than your tati. But as much as we, as much as we think in abstract terms, existence by definition means there's something that exists. And there's something else that exists. There's something else that exists. You exist and I exist. The coffee exists and I exist. The mic exists and the camera exists. And the bnuchim exists. The herst? I just gave you a hechsher. The nisht. You exist and I exist. That's maturity. Maturity means you exist and I exist. Existence doesn't negate. You can say, but this is a huge existence. Okay. So that's 747. It's a crazy planet. It's a huge star. Fine. It's huge. It's big. It's big. The word infinity is in our imagination. pre symptom would be the opposite. It would be the exact opposite. You would, you, when you would hear the word reality, me, identity, world, exist, what are you talking about? It would be like I'm going to give you, I'll sit down and give you a shear and try to explain to you that uh, three plus three equals pink. It would be hard enough to say 3 plus 3 equals 7. That would also be a pretty good symptom and expression of insanity. At least according to the mathematical formulas that I know. But at least, at least you can hear the words 3 plus 3, 7, it's in the world of numbers. He's in a good, whatever it is. Amalava Malka, the, the Schwarzer market, whatever. Three plus three equals pink. I didn't say anything. Three plus three. What does three have to do with the world pink? Even three. Three plus three. This is the world of numbers. This is the world of colors. It's not that I said something and you're arguing with me. You understand the difference? Sometimes a person says a svara. You learn, and you're arguing, you're saying it's wrong, it doesn't make sense, it's ridiculous, it's absurd. That's not what Darizal says. Darizal says, Before the tzimtzum, there was no space for the world. I told you, makam doesn't mean physical. In yeshiva terminology, you'll say, in the svarim and achreinim, this svar hatnishkin art. There's no space for it. What's mean no space for it? There's nowhere for it to dwell. There's no, you know why? Because it doesn't exist. Because it's ridiculous. It doesn't exist in the world of logic. It's mufrach. Somebody will tell me a swara that 3 plus 3 equal, equals yellow. And 4 plus 4 equals green. Okay. We know, we know how we would describe that person. Pre-tzimtzum, that's what it would sound like when you would speak or experience. Experience. <laughs> Any form of experience, of existence, outside of oneness. To bring this down, I guess, at a practical level. Yeah, yeah. Um, so basically, what you're saying is that truthfully means that the and the symptom doesn't exist. But really, I live in the dream of symptom. So let's say through my mind, let's say the mind is the gateway to the experience. So through, let's say, the three long, the peace patch, the gashness, I could I could experience symptom similar to what Alfred Rebbe describes the nair, that the nair is always trying to not exist, trying to jump off the wick. 
do not exist. So theoretically, we might preload or wherever wherever yeah. we're going to have this non-existential thought process, this, this uh, higher thought process. I'll be able to come travel up the ladder, yes, and get to a pre-symptom state. Is there any part of symptom that will still exist at that pre-symptom state? Right. That's a, that's a very good question. If the if symptom that means there is the pre-symptom reality, and one can somehow get there, what does that even mean? <laughs> and what does the person look like afterwards? Is there anything of the symptom left? It must be that at least that it was a realm of thought. Huh? At least it was a realm, <clears throat> a realm of thought, because the symptom could not be even, even created, or per se. You're saying a good point. It. That even for there to be a symptom, that to be a symptom. <laughs> You're saying for there to be a symptom, that to be a thought for symptom. It's a good vart. <laughs> that's a good vart. It's uh, that's discussed also. In Kabbalah, there's a, a lashon that symptomim before the symptom. <laughs> when you say before, as I told you, it's before. There's a concept of before also. The very concept before, again, we think about, okay, 5,779 years ago, what happened before? Yeah. There's always a question, why did Hashem decide 5,700 years ago to create the world? Well, what was going on? Punkt 5,700 years ago. He said, you know what? Life is really not good. We're creating... Why not 6,000 years ago? Why not 100,000 years ago? Why not 15.3 billion years ago? <laughs> or 100 billion years ago? But why? So the Magad asks, and he says, Zman is a nivra. <laughs> the question is a funny question, because we're assuming that time was always here, 5779, time itself was created. In other words, before 5779, there was no concept of before to ask, what, what, why not before? The very concept of before was created. Even time and space in its most sophisticated spiritual abstract definitions, and even the most abstract definition of existence is also compromised by symptoms. There's an expression, there's an expression by the Rebbe Rashabtak in another Maimon, he says, pre symptom just his expression, Oilamus. The question is not what exists. The question is what's pshittis and what's ischachos. Pshittis means what's obvious, what is instinctive, what is intuitive. You have an intuition, what is going on. Ischachos means it's a chiddush, it's, it's, it's a kvetch, it's a vart. Besides the fact that post-symptom you can ultimately come to a world of atheism. That's besides, that's already on a lower level, but even on much higher levels. Post-symptom. You look around, there's a world, that's not a question. Elikus, the concept of Elikus, is a chiddish. And your whole life, you have the muchazich and muchazich and muchazich. What is Elikus? What is real? What is godliness? What is anashama? What is ruchnis? What is pnimius? This one senses more, this one senses less, this one senses nothing. But Oilamus, that I exist, that's pshittis, it's out of a portion. It's not a question. The question is how I exist, why I exist, where I exist, when I exist. Do I believe I exist? 
Am I having issues with my existence? But it's all around my existence. I have self-confidence. I don't have self-confidence. I have too much self-confidence. I have too little self-confidence. Too much self-confidence comes from too little self-confidence. You'll ask your therapist for the details. Issues with other people's And other people's existence and how it affects my existence. Pre-Tzimtzum. Oilem is bishachos. The whole concept of oilem is a chiddush. What, what are you talking about? Elikus is b'pshitus. Why? Because that's what ain't soif is. Ain't soif means there's one reality, and it encompasses everything. And again, the word everything is again a trap. Everything is already post simsum. I'm saying it encompasses everything. It's like he fills all the chairs because I'm already language comes from the post-Simpson world. And language is polarized. Language is category. That's what we do. That's the best we can do. I could say, God exists and it's everything. There's every, there's thing, and God fills it already. I'm, I'm explaining to you that even when I speak about pre-Simpson, it's post-Simpson conversation. But that itself, you have to understand, at least somewhat. It's very important to understand this. You, you, you get what I'm saying a little bit? Because I don't. <laughs> So you want to know what the, how God exists. The word God is a post-Simpson word. G-O-D. Or Hashem Yisbarach. Whatever you want. However, the Bashefer, the man, they, it's already a post-Simpson reality. The very fact that there's a word for it. There's a table. There's a bimah. There's a bookcase. There's a person. And then there's the source of people. There's the Kayach There's Hashem. There's HaKadosh Baruch But it's already all... Understand in terms of existence, okay, he's big, he's strong, he's powerful, he made everything, he can destroy everything, he gives chiyas to everything. Even with all the explanations and even with deep real explanations, it's already in the post Simpson dictionary. Our dictionary of words was written by Webster, Lahavdil, whoever the Webster was, in the post Simpson. Not because, because that, 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 that's what existence is. Even the highest world, you speak about Atzillus, Ganeidna Elian. There's Madregis and Kabbalah, and it's called Adam Kadman, Esesvirius, Kesser, etc., etc. Big stuff, lofty stuff, where there's no atheism. Where the feeling is Einoid Malvade, but the feeling is Einoid Malvade. The experience is Einoid Malvade. In other words, there's some form of I, there's some form of existence that says God is the only existence. In other words, God's is my source, God is my vitality, God is my essence. It's not pshat, post-Simpson means there's no God anymore. No. Post-Simpson, you're dealing with all the worlds, the highest worlds, like Ganeid and Alia, nobody thinks there's no God, Chaspashal. And certainly in Atsilis, which is higher than Ganeid, and even higher than Atsilis. Post-Simpson begins when the fact is, when, the, when there's the word something, the word spiritual, the word godly, the word connected, even the word oneness, I'm one. Even the name, even defining Hashem in terms of existence is already a chiddush of tzimtzum. <laughs> so is it as far as a blueprint, something that preceded tzimtzum? It depends which aspect of Torah. As a blueprint, something that... No, that's post. So before existed, before it was used as a blueprint? Yes, yes. In Torah itself, there's many madregas. You're right. Yeah. What about Torah? So I'm saying Torah as a blueprint for existence is a blueprint for existence. 
I guess that's similar to the Medrash, it says that Hashem doesn't care if we shach on the neck yeah. or the nape. You could say that really the Torah said shach on the neck. And that was already a level of... That's true. Letzarev ben Asabrius, Parsha Shmini. Bechima ichbeslei. What does he care if we shecht from here then? Right. Yeah. Oh, so that's why the Rambam says he's matzui v'loi Matthias. He exists. I'm not saying he doesn't exist, but the way we define existence doesn't capture his existence. Why? Because we define existence according to the dimensions of our understanding, even when we talk about spiritual existence. Love, we all understand, is not a tangible existence. Love doesn't exist. I can't pour love into this cup. I can pour you a cup of coffee with love. <laughs> but love doesn't have a space. It exists in this chair. An idea. Where does an idea exist? There's an idea. Yeah. It's a principle that's accepted in Shas as a svara. The Gemara says many times, It's logic. Where does logic exist? It exists in my brain. And before I was born, there was no Amaitzimechavere <laughs> Before my brain existed, there was no Amaitzimechavere. Logic exists in me, it also exists outside of me. The idea is it's not limited to a space. We can understand and relate to things that are not things. They don't exist in a physical space. A body has to exist in a space. A table exists in a space. That's its definition. We can understand that spiritual reality is not limited to a particular physical space. But it's still limited to a spiritual space. I don't call it a physical space. That's what we say. This svara has a place. There's a makoim. There's a space for it. Says Darizal. There was no space for it. Not only there was no physical space because God filled everything. That concept of God filling everything is already post Simpson metaphor. God filling everything means there's no space for it. There's no mocking for it. There's no, there's no way of understanding what I'm talking about. It's worse than, th- it makes less sense than three plus three equals pink or green or yellow. And you're scratching your head and you're like, it's not what I said doesn't make sense. And, and you're going to prove me wrong that three plus three equals pink. If you have to prove it wrong, if you have to prove me wrong, you know, you know, they say the story that there was a, a person, he was, Sadly, mentally very, very challenged. And he was in an institution for a long time. And finally, you know, they, they somewhat civilized him. And uh, they let him go. He says, no, no. People are going to see me in the street and they're going to tell me that I'm crazy. I need a note. So the doctor says, no problem. He says, a note. Chaim Yankel, Ben Schmetel, Zundel is a normal person. And he signs his name and all the doctors sign the name. And he leaves with Simchi as a note. He walks over to everybody in shul. He says, you're normal? Yeah. Prove it. Prove it. And he says, I could prove it. He takes out the note. Ich bin amal. And at that day, he concluded he's the only normal person. He has a star. He has a star to prove it. He has a star to prove it, right? The problem of post-symptom is not what the conclusion is. It's the fact that you have to prove it. <laughs> it's the fact that it's a conversation. You can understand this way, you can understand that way, you can appreciate, you can experience. The very notion, the concept of anything outside of Hashem Echad, and even the word Echad, of Hashem's oneness, which again, we describe oneness as it's everywhere, it fills everything, it fills me, it fills you, it fills the room, it fills outside the room, it fills heaven, it fills the earth, it's an outer space, it's an inner space, it's in the earth, it's in heaven. The real notion, pre-symptom is, there's no other reality. If there's no other reality, I can't understand any other reality. Even as an abstract thing. 
And if somebody would speak about that pre-Tzimtzum, you would look at him, you wouldn't argue with him. It's like arguing against me that three plus three is not a pink. The fact that you have to argue means that there's something very, very off. Either I don't understand English, or you don't understand English, or my brain is formulated in a particularly different sense, or what I call... There's just... The conversation doesn't begin. It's not like... Toysvus asks a kash of im toimar v'yesh loimar. It's not of im toimar and v'yesh loimar. Pre-tzimtzum, it's v'im toimar v'yesh loimar. I have a question, I have an answer. Even in higher worlds, it's not a question and answer. It's, it's more edel. Pre-tzimtzum, the question, it's not a question, it's not an answer. Any other notion wouldn't be understood. <laughs> so how do we listen to Darisa? I mean, not Chassasom, but Darisa doesn't know what he's talking about, Chassasom. Because you know, he's in this symptom, this is what we're all dealing with. You don't know, you don't know the same way I don't know what you're talking about. Just stop. We live post symptom. Well, it's, that's, a, that's a good question. <laughs> that's a real post symptom question, isn't it? <laughs> it says Hashem created the Torah. The question is, what's the truth? Ah? Hashem created the Torah before he created the world. Yeah. Is the Torah pre or post symptom? That's what Abiyakov asked. In Torah itself, there's many ways how you define Torah. What. <clears throat> The more you talk about it, the more you know what you're talking about. That's, that also helps. There's an expression in Medrash Tanchuma, Alpayim Shana Kodma Torah precedes the world by 2,000 years. The Gemara in Shabbos gives the number of Tov Tov Kufayin, Dalit Shana. It's numbers. What does it mean 2,000 years before the world was created? Huh? What type of years? Yeah. 2,000 Madregas before the world was created. A year also exists as a year, but a year also can exist on a spiritual level. Right? A thousand years is like a day by you. A thousand years is a day. By us it's a thousand years, by him it's a day. Meaning on a higher world, time is also seen in a different way. They say that there was a fellow who turned to Hashem and he said, God, what's a million dollars for you? He said, nah, a penny. So he said, so give me a penny. He says, wait a minute. <laughs> He's still waiting. <laughs> so when you say, you still say, because on this level of Torah, it's still relative to the world. So now, they say, there's uh, an interesting story that there was uh, one of the chassidim of the Balatanya, he was, uh, he was collecting money for Pidyon Shvuyim or for something, Psat uh, So he would go to different cities, that was the Minig, and you would ask the Rav if you could speak in Shul. He would speak in Shul, yeah. Here the guy gets up and already says, Birshus HaGaboyim, Birshus HaRav. It's already a given. Then you had to talk, ask Rishus, and he would like to either give a shear, whatever it was. So he came to a particular city. At that time, still a strong machloikas, unfortunately, between the chassidim and the, those who opposed it. And the Rav was, uh, had strong opposition to the whole movement of the Baal Shem Tov. <coughs> So he saw this Yid, 
And he says, before anything, let me just hear, what is your opinion about the chassidim of the Balatanya? What's your opinion? He says, yeah, they think about themselves all day. All day they think about themselves. He says, what do you mean? He says, other people think about Hashem. They think about themselves all day. He says, okay. <laughs> Mishaloni, you're from, you're from Heinechemre. You're good. He gave him, he gave him covet malachim. Such a statement. You can't get this. You can't buy this. You can't buy such a statement. Priceless for him. This was real fodder for his philosophy, for his perspective. He gave him covered malachim. He praised him. He introduced him. He let him speak. He let him give shirim. He was a great, he was a big Talmud Chach. He was a goyin ishayid. The Balatanya, a lot of Talmudim who were goyin ayolam. So uh, big dayanim in cities. So he was uh, he was a uh, a Baruian. He was a serious scholar. Good that everything was beautiful and it worked out. It was wonderful. Sunday he was leaving after davening breakfast, whatever it was, pas uh, <coughs> pas shachris. She says, "By the way, I just wanted to clarify what I meant. A regular person," he says, "It's a dove pasha that he exists. That nobody asks." Oh, we're talking a normal person. I know some of us suffer from severe depression. It's a whole different situation. You talk uh, maybe rooted in pre-symptom a little bit. <laughs> but a, I exist. That's not a question. That's a given. The question we ask ourselves is, does God exist? If yes, how do I relate to it? Can I prove it? What does it mean he exists? Where does he exist? Why don't I feel it? Do I feel it? Should I feel it? Should I feel guilty for not feeling it? What does it mean? What am I supposed to do with it? So all day you're thinking about God. He said there are those Jews that Hashem is a given. It's not a question. So all day they're thinking, where do I fit into the picture? Do I exist? How do I exist? Why do I exist? Where does my existence fit in? And he said, have a wonderful day, and he left. <laughs> so the vart is a little bit of a tzachos de kavart. But the nekudah he was trying to convey is that an appreciation of pre-tzimtzum reality means appreciating that when all truth is revealed, when all truth is revealed, the tzimtzum, ultimately, what it initiated was not stama world. The very notion of a world, the very notion of I, the very notion of identity, the very notion of existence, outside of Ein Soif, out any other definition, including the definition of spiritual existence, that's already a chiddush of tzimtzum. And we understand then, that what the tzimtzum introduced was, what happened in the tzimtzum? The way that Rizal puts it is, the infinity withdrew itself. So now there's space for identity. There's space for existence. There's something we could call existence. Even if we introduce God into the existence, but we're introducing Hashem into the existence, we already see it. We already see that God, and we say God is everything. But there's everything and God is everything. That very notion, what I said before, Elam is B'pshittis and Elokus B'eschachos. But what's the pshitis? What's B'pshittis? What's the simple instinct? The simple instinct is existence. 
Now, post-symptom itself, there's infinite worlds. There's the highest worlds, there's the lowest worlds, but they all have a common denominator. They're post-symptom. What does it mean they're post-symptom? That there's already some experience, some definition of self, some appreciation of the concept of putting God in the world of existence. And there can be different types of existences. And again, sometimes it's very, very subtle. All existence post symptom are true. Ah? All existence. So all existence post symptom. You want to know if it's true? It's based on the In the post symptom reality, it's very true. Because the symptom happened. The symptom is not fiction. When we say symptom not on the notion of symptom. So what happens if you would have a preview of pre-symptom reality? Everything changes. What do we mean everything changes? It doesn't become better. Reality is seen in a completely, completely new way. Comes transparent. Doesn't exist. Yeah. No. It doesn't exist as out anything outside of Hashem. Yeah. But if you see it, you become part of it. Huh? You're right. You can't see it. If you see it, you're part of it. You're right. That's ah, huh? were frustrated with Tzimtzum. <laughs> they were frustrated with Tzimtzum. The Rebbe says in Parshas Achirei Mois, "Bekarvosim lefnei Hashem v'yamusu." They died because they wanted to be close. They couldn't deal with Tzimtzum. The Rebbe has their expression, "Loynimnu mikroiv." They didn't prevent themselves from coming close. Yedidus neshikus arevus chavivus mesikus. His expressions over there. The Rechayim are very, very powerful and potent. They wanted to kiss and embrace and hug and experience the full ecstasy and sweetness. They didn't want to compromise existence. They wanted infinity. So you know what? They got it. Vayamusu. They stopped. They stopped being separate. And yet we call it a sin. <laughs> there are two types of sins in Yiddishkeit. There are ugly sins that I don't have to elaborate on. Some of you know them. And then there are holy sins. But there are also sins. <laughs> the Meraglam Lamashal, right, according to the Chiddush of the Balatanya, were very holy sinners. They didn't want to go into Gashmis. They wanted to remain in the Midbar. Nadav and Aviyu were holy sinners. Moshe says, B'kdoishai, Ekoved. Moshe says, Rashi says, G'doilim mimeneum imcha. They're greater than you and me. That means Nadav and Aviyu had a greatness that was, that exceeded Moshe Rabbeinu and their father Aaron. What do you mean? intoxicated, they went to the base Amikdash. Not they, they went to the Kiddush club and they had too much Kiddush and they went into they went into the holy Shuyayayin. means what's Shuyayayin? They were inebriated, they were intoxicated, they wanted to go to the pre symptom reality where everything is one. Don't uh, think about it in your own terms. <laughs> Again, you're thinking about it in your terms. The, the, the learning about pre-symptom helps that even post-symptom, there's an edelkeit, you understand? There's an edelkeit. There's a certain refinement. How you look at ego. The problem with ego is not you're wrong. <laughs> the problem with the, the problem, the very definition 
the very definition of ego is already a Chiddush post symptom. The concept couldn't exist. That's what real bittel means. Real bittel means complete oneness. You're not nullifying something. In a world of real bittel, you don't have to nullify. It's l'chatchila one. You don't have to nullify. It's not. It's not. There's no tension there. Now, so this is this itself. One has to at least a little bit appreciate what the symptom achieved, what symptom accomplished, as he says. A makam hachalal was created. An empty space was created. What kind of empty space was created? Again, it's a metaphor. It's not Hashem made now an empty space. I was everywhere, and now I went away, and now this room is empty, so you can go in. I left. Before this, there was a truck in the room, so nobody could walk in because the truck was huge. It was a 747 airplane, a jumbo jet, and now he took out the jet, so he made a symptom, and now you could walk into the room. That's, again, very... Uh, it's it's brute terminology and it, it does it fails to, co- to to convey even this even the concept the concept even in a subtle way. Makamachalul means an empty space means that there was a con- God allowed Tzimtzum is a marshal also Tzimtzum is not an act, not an act. When we were learning, uh, when I was a bach in yeshiva and we would learn this in yeshiva, so one of my teachers was Rabbi Yoel Khan. Gabriel Khan is what you would call a muscular, real uh, assiduous uh, scholar in the world of Chassidus. So there was a boy asking a lot of questions. Uh, how, what, when? So he said, let me ask you a question. In welche Jahrhundert is the Tzimtzum given? Which century did the Tzimtzum happen in? Which, which century do you think? He said, well, probably, uh, you know, BCE, go back 5779, at some, some date there was a tzimtzum. He says, the tzimtzum is, is always happening. The tzimtzum is not, the tzimtzum is a state of existence. It's a perception. See, Hashem created an empty space. It doesn't mean one day he woke up, today I'm making an empty room, so I'm going to make a playground with a sandbox and everybody could go into it. That may also be true. He did create a big sandbox for people to play. <laughs> This one finds diamonds in the sand, and this one finds shmatas in the sand. But it's basically a big sandbox. But that's not the nekud that we're bringing out. Makam means for existence to be, for existence to be, even the highest form of existence, Hashem had to allow for there to be a concept of existence. That's called empty space. That's what the Tzimtzum revolutionized reality. That there should be something called reality. Reality, whatever, however you define reality. Define reality as science, physics, spiritual, physical, very spiritual, very physical, brute, random, intentional, purposeful. But there's reality, yeah? That's a Kiddush of Tzimtzum. There's reality. Now tell me what reality is. Reality is me, reality is you, reality is money, reality is covered, reality is food, reality is addiction, reality is kinet, taiva, covered, or reality is, is, is ruchnius. So Zion, but reality, that's already an empty space. That Hashem had to allow that there should be able to be a concept, forget an existence, a concept of existence, a concept of I, a concept of it, a concept of we, a concept of world, a concept of identity, a concept outside of Enoid Mulvade, outside of absolute oneness that's infinite. That was the greatest leap the most, to use words of physics, there was the greatest quantum leap is the moment of Tzimtzum. 
because that's the moment where there's a, a, a breakdown of language, so to speak. That now there's an empty space. What do we mean an empty space? That empty space is also filled with Hashem. An empty space means you could speak about a space that's filled with God. In other words, there's a very there's a there's a concept called concept. There's a concept called existence. So you say, okay, thank you very much. So what do you want from me now? So how do we understand this? So there were those who tainet simtsum kibshuta. Simtsum kibshuta means you're right. That's who we are. That's who we are. Live your life, pay taxes. Yeah. Huh? No? Pay taxes. Live your life. I don't mean only to the IRS. I mean pay the taxes you got to pay. Uh, the spiritual taxes too. Pay taxes. Get your schar and end it. You're right. We live, in, we live in a sandbox, right? So what do we do now? What do you want to do? You want to be God? There was a philosopher who once said, if there is a God, I want to be him. <laughs> Why am I not him? Simpsum Shaloi was one of the Yisaitis of Teres of Hashemtev. Because basically the question is, can there be ultimate unity between truth and me? Or basically, ultimate unity means there's no I, there's no world, fine. Maybe one day we'll go back to that, maybe not, I don't know. In the meantime, do what you gotta do, and you live back in this limited place. So this is the Chiddush that's being conveyed here. And the Nekuda is, and we go back to the teacher with the student, even though now you can understand how, how, uh, how uh, problematic or how uh, imperfect the marshal is, the metaphor is. The teacher doesn't hold back anything from the student. What do you mean? He holds back everything. He holds back 99.9% of the information. That's true. But he really doesn't hold back anything. Why? He wants the student to have everything. But he wants the student to have everything. The student to have everything. So he can't overwhelm him. He has to recognize his boundaries, respect them, tune into them, and obscure the information that it could trickle down to the student. But more than that, he wants to give the student everything. So in the information, even the brevity and the metaphors and the allegories he contains and he puts in, the full depth, it may take 40 years for him to realize it. says, You really master the das of your Rebbe only after 40 years. This is the Chiddush, what Simpson is. Don't think. That all, how did, what does it mean Tzimtzum happened? Tzimtzum means that Hashem concealed. He concealed. What's an empty space? How can there be a concept of I? Because the presence of infinity has been concealed. It's been obscured. And even in the highest worlds, they'll experience divinity. Just like the student will experience the teacher. But only a trickle of it. Only a little bit of it. So that they could still fill me. There's still a world called a world which has a relationship with God. In this world, it's like a student who doesn't even know there's a teacher. <laughs> we feel we're alive, we don't even know there's a teacher. I don't even know there's somebody giving a shear. I say it's my own information. <laughs> the brain has its own currents. I don't even know I have a teacher. That's this world. 
It's like the teacher, it's plagiarism. <laughs> Everything you know is from your teacher, and then you make it it's your own. That's our world. Plagiarism. But even in the highest worlds, right, you know there's a teacher. But what do you get? You get only a trickle. You get a limited form of knowledge. So that's what symptom is. Symptom basically means, what's been creating an empty space? Basically, it means the teacher, right? Creating a space where he sees only the student, not himself. And then he could give him a limited knowledge, a limited form of knowledge that relates to him. So what's the symptom? God, as the ultimate teacher, creates an empty space that does not experience his infinite presence as reality. And over there, there could be a trickle of divine energy. And every level of tzimtzum obscures more, obscures more, obscures more, and allows for more identity, for more selfhood, for more separation, for more distinctiveness, for more detachment, for more ego. Till you come to this world, and here's the lowest world, and we know what this world looks like. It's the lowest world that could still be redeemed. (laughs) They could be lower than this world too. But this is the lowest space that you could still elevate. Tanya calls it Olam Haza Tachten Shein Tachten Lamatem Imenu Beinyan Hester Oyre Yisbarach. In terms of the concealment of Hashem's light, this is the lowest you can get. So on one level, you say, okay, this pre-symptom, this post-symptom, and here we're post-symptom. So he says that's not the pshat. That's not the pshat. For the teacher, there was never a symptom. Why? Because even in the little information that he gives the student, he sees everything. That's for him. But for the student, there was a tzimtzum. If not, he wouldn't be a student. The tzimtzum is effective. We're not saying there was no tzimtzum. We're saying there was. We're not saying tzimtzum is a myth. We're not saying tzimtzum is imagination. We're not saying it's fiction, science, spiritual science fiction. It's real. But what's pshat, it's real. Real doesn't mean that it's an ultimate partition. Real means that it's a channel through which the whole Ain Saif wanted to communicate but in a way that it could have a relationship with the world and not break the world and not overwhelm it and not destroy it. And ultimately, within every marshal, you have the whole nimshal. So that the universe, within its own parameters, can discover ultimately that every level of the tzimtzum, every level of the marshal, really contains the nimshal. And so, in Esak Shamayim Shamata, Vatsiya Sha'il Hineka. So even though we exist in a post-Simpson reality, and a post-Simpson reality is completely based on the light being obscured, not only Legabe Hashem is the light not obscured, and even in the empty space you have the same full light, the same intensity, the same infinity, even within the finiteness. Because the finiteness is only a cover for infinity, it's only a way of channeling infinity, and he sees within the finite the whole infinite. But even from the student's perspective, the whole purpose of the Simpson was to channel infinity within a finite world and within the finite kalim you have the whole infinity like the teacher who put it all into the marshal Elamai, now you have the avoider to go up what's the avoider the avoider is to be able to see in every nakuda in every nakuda in every point of life in every nakuda of self in every aspect of self in every aspect of existence that really, 
The finite is a manifestation of infinity. It's not separate. And therefore within, within the universe that is based on Tzimtzum, one can touch, one can reach, and one can be completely unified with the ultimate truth without any compromise. And in a way, that's even deeper than pre-Tzimtzum. Because pre-Tzimtzum needed the Tzimtzum in order to create a world. It had to obscure the light. The accomplishment of Avoid the post-Tzimtzum is that in the world that L'cha'ira created post-Tzimtzum is unified with the complete Ein Soif. Just like the student who after 40 years... Now he, within his mind, has managed to access the full wisdom, the full depth of the teacher. Isn't the point of darkness to understand really create ourselves? That there is something to create in us? For sure. Even though it's so small, it's like... Now you want to know what does this mean practically? <laughs> what does this mean? Okay, so we'll explore this more based on Hashem in the next year. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.